In a world where boredom runs rampant, one podcast and website to bring the tired masses back from the brink of insanity, cannedairpodcast.com. At cannedairpodcast.com, read up on old topics, listen to past episodes, watch movie trailers, read up on the gang, and new movies and video game store. Candarepodcast.com coming this Sunday, Thursday. You're listening to the Candare Podcast. Your refusal to listen will be one more reason for me to fire up my death ray and take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Canned Air, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. Jack Doherty. And sitting in for Jeff today is Jesse Dubin. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Jesse, is, are you the founder or of 8th Wonder Press? Yeah, I sure am. And uh, the founder and uh, uh, head editor of 8th Wonder Press, we're a small comic publisher out of Denver, Colorado. Very cool. And we're going to be talking about uh, Uncanny Adventures, Science versus Mad Science a little bit later. All right. We're going to be recapping on the Fantastic Four a little bit, some things to expect out of Comic-Con coming up this weekend. And like I said, we're going to be reviewing Eighth Wonder Press. So before we get to that, let's jump into recaps. Recaps! All right. The first recap I have here is on the Fantastic Four movie. You heard much about this movie, Jesse? Uh, little bits here and there. I think the last I heard is uh, they're saying it's not going to be based in any comics whatsoever. Yeah, right. Yeah, I read that too. Well, I also found a quote from Michael B. Jordan, who's going to be playing the Human Torch in Fantastic Four. And he says, and I quote, it's not your typical superhero film. Uh, you know, we uh, aren't looking at this like being superheroes. We're more or less a bunch of kids that had an accident and we have disabilities now that we have to cope with and try to find a life afterwards and try to be as normal as we can. Hmm. What do you think of that? (laughs) (laughs) No, like I was telling you earlier, it doesn't sound like it's, well, I mean, they just said it's not going to be a superhero movie, but it doesn't sound like a superhero movie, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It it does sound weird, uh, but, you know, I could see a scenario where you could make the case for it. Um, you know, you're going in a new direction. Uh, a lot of people pitch it as family more than superheroes uh, already. So, you know. That's true. You, yeah. could, yep. you could make a case for it. That's true. I, I just hope they uh, don't stray too far away from them, you know, becoming superheroes. I mean, obviously, it's what we, that's what we want to see. No, yeah, no absolutely. Call them Although, fantastic. you know, how many superhero movies stray from the comics anyway? I don't think I've seen one that has yet. Hmm. Really? Dum dum dum. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you got me there for a minute. I was like, oh, "Are you kidding me?" I was reading. Uh, what's her name that plays Sue Storm? She. Well, you know how most actors they'll kind of research their character. Right. They'll read comics and stuff. They told her not to. Really? Yeah. Just so she's kind of going in blind. I just hope this isn't going to be something where we're just having to feel sorry for characters the whole time instead of actually seeing some kind of action, but I'm sure they'll deliver. I, I've always thought the Fantastic Four would be an incredibly hard 
uh, movie to bring to the big screen. Uh, I don't know, everyone else seems to put on like a costume and you have mm -hmm. a big rock guy, you know, made a rock that you have to make believable. And I think they did uh, all right in the old Fantastic Four movies. They weren't great movies by any stretch of the imagination, but with what they were doing, I think they did the best they could with uh, Ben Grimm. I like the way they did Grimm. Do you? I think, yeah, better than the old cartoon with the big uh, rock eyebrows that he had. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the uh, the TV movie that they did a long time ago, when they did the the thing, he had those big eyebrows. They I made know, him they had look a TV just. Movie. Oh yeah, it was real bad. Was, was that the one thing. from '94? Uh, I don't know if it was '90. It might have been '94. I thought it was in the '80s. Yeah. Well, either way, I didn't see it. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see it. That's like the very first Captain America movie. Oh, <laughs> that, that, that one hurts. <laughs> it's just one of those things you want to see, be, even if it is bad, because yeah. it's part of the uh, history of the character and <laughs> pop culture, you know? Yeah. But, what do you we'll think see. about them saying that the characters will be treated like they have disabilities? That's kind of an interesting way to phrase that's, it, at least. Yeah, that's what I thought. And maybe he just used the wrong word when he was uh, saying this quote here. But yeah, I just I hope it's not anything where we're. Like, how will anyone ever love me? Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, ben Grimm does say that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one I could see being a disability. All the other people, if I could do any of those things, I'd be like, this is fucking cool. Yeah. I wish I could do this a long time ago. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe if I were actually head to toe on fire, I might have something different to say about yeah. it. That's a good point. Anyway, anything else on Fantastic Four? That's it about that. Moving on, I had brought the rumor sometime, well, it wasn't some time ago, maybe like three or four weeks ago, about George Lucas was going to be opening a museum in San Francisco, and they were petitioning to have it built in, in Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Well, I guess they did uh, decide to do it in Chicago, but all everyone in the city is pissed off because where they're wanting to build it is in violation of uh, like some space ordinance on Lake Michigan. So now they're saying if you want to do it in Chicago, you've got to do it downtown, like in the, uh, the uh, where the economy isn't so great to help boost <laughs> the economy. <laughs> they're saying it would provide some jobs and stuff, but um, there's a lot of people not happy with that, too, because uh, Chicago Bears are having to give up some parking lots and a lot of tailgaters are pissed off. So oh. old George oh. can't win. <laughs> They're probably going to drive it back out to San Francisco, which would be fine. I'd love to see San Francisco. It's just a hell of a lot farther away. Can't make anybody happy, so you guys aren't going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Is it weird that they moved the Star Wars Museum to the home of Starfleet? Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> did I, did I, I go too deep in the that. well for that? <laughs> oh, it calls all kinds of uh, drifts in the Star Universe, right? It's almost the same story anyway. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, I beg the differ. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we'll see what happens. I just I want to see it once it opens. I think it'd be cool. They're supposed to have all kinds of uh, memorabilia and uh, actual props and uh, special effects things they used in all the movies, obviously, but also things from uh, Lucas's career and even the whole wing just dedicated to art, I guess. The statue of Jar Jar standing out front. Oh, God. <laughs> Defaced <laughs> so fast. <laughs> not, not if they're looking to make money, they won't. <laughs> Moving along. Jack, you had something on the uh, solo Batman movie? Uh, yeah, after Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, 
Uh, ben Affleck's going to be in his own Batman movie mm. called <laughs> The Batman. <laughs> I'm going to reserve all judgment until I see Batman uh, yeah. versus Superman. <laughs> I think well, that I like grunt that. was probably the best possible response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I heard the news about Ben Affleck, I was not thrilled. But the, the outfit looks cool. And with the pictures they've kind of let up, it kind of leads to believe they're going to be leaning toward the Frank Miller story. Mm-hmm. Of, <laughs> Uh, like the Dark Knight Returns, but I hope so. That would be amazing. And just be an older, disgruntled Bruce Wayne Batman. Well, yeah, he was an old man in the book, you mm-hmm. know. So to see uh, trendy Ben Affleck <laughs> <laughs> playing a retired Batman might be a little much, but... So know. it's old Batman and new Superman? I, I I don't know. The picture they had of Superman made him look aged, too. That's true. Like he had some gray on the side of his hair. I'm just guessing Maybe here. it's like 20 years later. Because didn't you say this isn't like supposed to play into the Man of Steel trilogy at all? It's going to be kind of a standalone movie, or does it play into Man of Steel? Uh, I think it was going to play into it because the whole Aquaman's going to make an appearance and be mad because of the world engine <laughs> killed a bunch of fish in the Indian Ocean uh, and then he disappeared back into the water. Oh, <laughs> well, that Aquaman. Yeah. Are you an Aquaman fan, Jesse? I, I kind of am. Really? <laughs> I, I I don't know what it is. Not not so much the current grim Aquaman. I, I just like the idea of a guy who hangs out with a giant octopus and rides a seahorse around. Um, you know, old Jim Aparo, happy Aquaman. He was he's kind of my guy. Right. It's just, I, I suppose maybe I should go back and read some of the old yeah. stuff before I throw too much uh, harsh criticism toward Aquaman. I just I don't know enough about him and just what I've seen. I've never really been crazy about. But um yeah, we, we need someone on here to tell us why we should like Aquaman. So maybe you're the man, Jesse. <laughs> maybe so. I, I can also recommend a, a podcast called, uh, oh, I think it's Tom versus Aquaman. Um, the, the host of the show would just take 15 minutes every week to talk about one issue of a specific comic. So he did Aquaman for a while. He did the Justice League. He did Superman. And uh, he basically just recapped every issue over 15 minutes. And it was kind of a lot of fun. I've got that number one issue of the 52s AM. I might crack it open. <laughs> you might as well. You've already bought it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'd recommend starting with uh, Jeff Barker's run. That's been a lot of fun. If you're interested you in seeing that. Aquaman shot out of a cannon at a giant kaiju, like that's oh. your type of book. <laughs> <Something I laughs> Maybe that's not for I'd everybody, see. but... Uh, yeah, that's something I never thought I'd see. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I ruined the whole thing. Sorry, uh, I'll do a reverse spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. We, I'm sure we've given uh, too many spoilers in our days, right? Be sitting on the edge of my seat. When's he going to get shot out the... <laughs> Come on, when is it? When is it? <laughs> Jesse said it would happen. <laughs> all right, anything else on that? No, we'll see. All righty. That's going to do it for recaps. Recap it! And with that, let's jump right into the rumor mill. The rumors... Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. Rumors. Marvel has announced five new movie dates. Uh, The studio announced movies July 28th and November 3rd of 2017, July 6th and November 2nd of 2018, and May 3rd of 2019. Now, uh, what's rumored is that at the San Diego Comic-Con, they're going to be announcing what movies are going to be filling these dates. As of now, Marvel's just booked the dates. They haven't 
said what's in there. Though people have a lot of speculation with Doctor Strange yeah. on the horizon, uh, Avengers 3, you know, all the sequels to the movies that are out now. So that's something to look forward to at San Diego Comic-Con. Have you ever uh, been out to San Diego Comic-Con, Jesse? Uh, I have a couple times. Uh, have you? You yeah. lucky duck. Tell us <laughs> it's the uh, it's something else. Just on the, on the uh, attendee side, but it's something else. It's... It's the biggest body crush of people you've ever seen, surrounded by the coolest stuff that uh, anybody's ever talked about. <laughs> right. I can imagine just being a little kid in a candy store for hours there. The coolest it, it stuff. It is. Way you you honestly can't see the whole show in one day. Just the floor. Uh, you know, God forbid you get distracted by panels or, you know, signings or anything else. It's it's something else. It's yeah. probably like going to Disneyland, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it is exactly like that. Disneyland. Yeah, I'd yeah. imagine I'd have more fun at Comic Con, but better cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many years have you guys had these mascots and their mouths still don't fucking move? <laughs> so I'm really anxious someday to get out there to San Diego Comic Con. That'd be amazing. It's definitely worth the trip, to be sure. I can, I can imagine. Next year. Next year. Maybe we could do a Kickstarter. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. I've seen it. I've seen stuff like that. People doing Kickstarters to get sent to a con. Yeah. You think people really give a shit about sending us to Comic Con? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe they would. Go for press know. badges. Yeah. That didn't think about that. We've yeah. tried with a few local, like smaller end cons, but we didn't think about just going for the big boys. We might as well. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I know Denver. Uh, let's see. We're on our third year, but there's a pretty good uh, podcast row where you know folks just show up. They interview. You know celebrities comic folks even attendees that's what we're looking to do at some of these cons coming up in september and october just you know trying to yep. get a hold of everyone we can talk to but man that scale that would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> uh what shows are you going to uh we're going to be going to the wizard world uh columbus con and epic con that's going to be at the montgomery county fairgrounds in dayton i don't know oh, cool. the days what the end of september yeah, it's like the second to last weekend of september yeah, so it's a or little October, smaller October. scale, but it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're honored to, uh, you know, be part of their press there. So it'll be a good time. Get our feet wet. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. All righty. So also rumored to be at the San Diego Comic Con this year is going to be the Lego Tumblr from the Dark Knight movies. It's not out in stores yet. It's going to be coming out in September, but it's rumored that at San Diego Comic Con they're going to have a display out. The life size. <laughs> Life-size tumbler made of Legos. <laughs> made out of Legos. Boy, my hat would go off to anyone who could do that, I tell you what. Yeah, but it's supposed to be like uh, 15 by 9 inches, so I don't know. Oh, God, that's huge. Yeah. It'll probably that's a lot bigger than I thought. Have a 60 to $100 price tag on it when it comes out, I'd imagine. Probably. Yeah, if the Ghostbusters Ecto-1 is 60 bucks, then yeah, that's, that's it'll probably be around nuts. that. It's crazy how much uh, Legos are, but people pay for it, so why not mm -hmm. jack the price up? <laughs> <laughs> They're also putting out a uh, Lego figurine of the Dark Knight Batman, the Christian Bale Batman, and uh, the Heath Ledger Joker. That's got to be weird to see as Lego. It's, Heath Ledger. It's good, just some messy hair and then the scar smile, really about all you need. His real black eyes, probably. Yeah, it looks neat. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, you don't see uh, tend to see Legos that dark too often. No, yeah. you don't. They keep getting darker. I think they're realizing uh, they have a lot of older fans than they uh, yeah, ever realized. Yeah, larger fan base. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Anything else on that? 
Not on, not for Comic Con. Well, actually, this will probably show up something next weekend at Comic Con. Dwayne the Rock Johnson's been given the go-ahead to tease his role as Shazam. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> as I was saying earlier, I don't, I can't see him as Shazam. I can see him as Black Adam, as his nemesis. Anybody else except Shazam? Yeah. Anyone? Oh, that's that's upsetting. <laughs> There's a quote from The Rock talking about it. And he says, There's a chance out there that we're going to announce very soon that very soon that I'm going to play, and I'll just say this. The character has the power of Superman. He can throw down. Just say the word. That's all I'm going to say. Well, what more do you need to say, Dwayne Rock Johnson? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it away right there. Yeah, just one word. Yeah. Oh, I hope he's not the hero. There's rumors that he was going to be uh, the John Stewart Green Lantern, but he had said that the Green Lantern's already been done not well, so they're not going to try and go that route. Is, is The Rock a good idea for these movies? Any superhero movie? Uh, he's too goofy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All I think is, uh, what was it on Saturday Night Live? The, the father of uh, Mr. Oh Peepers? Oh my God, that was funnier than hell. <laughs> Yeah, Chris Kattan's character, Mr. Yeah. Peepers, and he played his dad. The monkey guy. That's all, that's all I can think of. <laughs> Those red suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> look, they recognize each other. Mr. Peepers, that's your father. I'm going to have to look that up on YouTube. I forgot all about that. I, I'm trying oh. to think. I, I can't think of anybody who would make a cool Captain Marvel, though. Hmm. Who, who would you guys pick? Ooh, wow. Let me think. Matt Damon. No, Matt. Oh, well. <laughs> you and your Matt Damon. Oh, my God. Uh, um, Nick Cage. No. no. <laughs> Shazam! <laughs> oh, what happened to me? <laughs> who was the guy who played the tick and David Putty on Seinfeld? Patrick oh, Warburton. Patrick Warburton. He might be that good. might be all right. Yeah. That's, a, Just, yeah, that's a good call. Just the way, I don't know, the way uh, Shazam looked in the face in all the comics, he had like a very sarcastic undertone look to him, I he think. He had that and kind of squinty eye look, too. too. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he based on uh, the the guy from, was it My Two Dads or one of those old sitcoms? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I really. don't know. Maybe that's just who Alex friends. Ross based him on when he, when he painted him. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> Appar apparently, oh. I didn't either. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe that'll come out. At uh, Comic-Con this weekend, if he's going to be it or not. Well, here's hoping not, but I have very <laughs> little control over it. <laughs> I'll have to swallow it and accept it. All right, any more in the rumor mill? Yep, I got one more. Oh, Big one. The Star Wars Episode Seven plot has been revealed. What? Rumor has it. Yep, and I got it. It's a long one. Ready? Right. Right, yeah, we got nothing to do but listen. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> you should be Alright, here it goes Imagine the standard Star Wars crawl And when it ends, the camera pans up to the stars But instead of a spaceship zooming around in frame We see a hand A severed hand tumbling through space A severed hand gripping a lightsaber That hand falls <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead That hand falls onto a desert planet where it is discovered by two or well, by characters who will be our heroes. One is Daisy Ridley, the other it, the other is John Boyega. The actors, a couple of the actors that are going to be in the movie. Okay. Nobody knows who the characters names are going to be, so. 
the other is John Boyega, who is playing someone trying to change his path in life. They recognize the lightsaber as a Jedi relic and decide to return it to the proper people. Their quest takes them off-world, and they meet up with Han Solo and Chewbacca, who aren't flying around in the Millennium Falcon anymore, but are piloting... Well, it didn't say because I guess that could be a spoiler. I don't know what else it would be. This since, is all rumored so far, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 It would have to be the Millennium Falcon because Harrison Ford busted his leg in the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> That's not part of the movie. That's real. <laughs> <laughs> Han and Chewie recognize the lightsaber as Luke's, and they say they haven't seen their friend in 30 years since the events of Return of the Jedi. I don't I know, know if they hand. say that. <laughs> I, I hope they say it like that, too. Wow. Wow. I haven't seen that since 30 years ago in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> so begins the quest to find the missing Jedi Master. Meanwhile, on an ice planet, nefarious forces are building a super weapon, one capable of destroying not planets, but entire solar systems. Holy cow. What do you uh, think? We, uh, uh, <laughs> I really don't know what to think. <laughs> Wouldn't the hand burn up on re-entry into a planet? I mean... <laughs> not a Jedi hand. Oh, yeah, I, not if it uses the force. I didn't take that into consideration. Maybe it fell like lightsaber, the end of the lightsaber first, so the, it didn't, the hand didn't get burned up. It was just the end of the lightsaber. Oh, you're really in. reaching there, man. Yeah, it's yeah. science. <laughs> I think you can also use uh, midichlorians as heat shielding. I think I read that somewhere online. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that one. Acceptable answer. I debunked. Okay. No, no, no. There's no such thing as midichlorians. <laughs> When they were on the Cloud City, like I was telling you earlier, that that was a planet. How did it get in space all of a sudden? Yeah, that was a good point. Jack was saying that the Cloud City had to be orbiting a planet. So when the hand was cut off and fell out the garbage chute or wherever, it had to have fell, fallen to the planet. How was it floating around space? But It was just uh, uh, an atmosphere in a cloud just floating around in space. <laughs> this would be a good place to build a city. <laughs> Oh my God! What do you think, Jesse? I oh man, is it is it fair to say it's too early to tell? It oh, is no, too early. It's way too early to <laughs> yeah. tell. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm this, go ahead. Oh, I'm just honestly terrified by anything about Star Wars Seven. Yeah, as as are we. I mean, definitely be there to watch it as soon as it's out. But uh, it's not going to touch the original trilogy. I'm sure trilogy. Excuse me. Exactly. As long know. as there's no time travel, it might be all right. And no Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. No, I think he's going to be in it. I think what? I read some, yeah, I think that there's going to be something to do with Jar Jar in it, too, unfortunately. Hopefully an early death scene. <laughs> <laughs> the hand was I, the I think it's like uh, Jar Jar is like gambling. You know, eventually you just are into the house so much you have to keep doubling down, and that's what they're doing with him. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, I hope the best for Star Wars 7. I just don't expect it. Yeah. Go ahead and surprise me. (laughs) Right. Prove me wrong. Yeah. All right. Anything else rumor wise? That's it for the rumor mill. The rumors. Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. Rumors. All right. So I guess we should move into the comics part of our show now, right? Unless you had anything to talk about first. Oh, just a quick mention. Mention. Jeff Johns, creative officer at DC, came out and said that there's going to be no DC 
universe TV series and movies tie-ins. Kind of like how Marvel did with, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and yeah, all the other movies. It's yeah. all going to be separate. It'd be hard to with Gotham, seeing as how... Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that one for sure. And what else is there? The Flash and Arrow, right? Flash and Arrow, yep. Uh, Constantine. But, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right, Constantine. Okay. But I guess uh, the Atom and... What's that fire guy's name? Firestorm. Firestorm duh, yeah. yeah. They're going to be in the Flash. They're, they'll show up, but... Right now, they said Superman and Batman probably won't. Yeah, they're way too big a names to put on TV. Yeah. They're uh, blockbuster names. Have you guys All seen right. the leaked Flash pilot? No. It's, uh, it's supposedly out there. I'm, I'm trying to, uh, to wait myself till it comes on television, but uh, well, people have been yeah. seeing it and saying good things about it. I'll have to do some sleuthing. When they released that, was it like a five-minute preview? of it I, I was excited to watch it and i watched it i think last week and I, it got me excited again i can't wait to say it. it looks good you're saying the entire pilot episode leaked that's what i've heard yeah oh we gotta do some digging i don't know if i want to watch it i don't want to get in trouble if it... yeah. <laughs> nsa is watching me yeah wink wink Hit none play. of us will watch the flash pilot on the internet yeah. <laughs> listen to my show i said i wasn't gonna watch it you hit play and agents bust through the door and start shooting your TV. <laughs> All right. Anything else? That's about that. That's it about that. All right. Let's jump into the talking comic section of our show and uh, where we just pick a book, new or old, and we just talk about it a little bit and maybe spark your interest in it as well. Let's go around the circle. Do you want to start, Jack? I did last week. You did last week? Do you yeah. want to start, Jesse? Uh, sure, yeah. A book I've been really enjoying lately, it's only uh, a couple issues in, um, is uh, called Weird Love. Have you guys heard of this one? I have not. It's um, it's an imprint of IDW called Yo Comics, and uh, they've been doing a horror book for a couple years now, I think, called Haunted Horror. Um, I think what they do is they find old uh, golden age stories that are in the public domain and you know clean them up reprint them and put them in a big 48 page book um so haunted horror has been going really well just some weird stories with some pretty famous names on art and uh you know as as writers so it's some some cool stuff and they just launched a book called weird love which is the same thing but with romance stories um the f I'm looking through the first issue. There's one called Love of a Lunatic. There's, uh, what else? The Taming of the Brute. Um, but my favorite is uh, I Fell for a Commie, uh, in which a, a woman falls in love with a man who starts, you know, sneaking off. And it turns out he's a communist, starts going to meetings. And because of her, her uh, unending love for him, she starts to become a communist, too, until she just can't take it anymore. And then there's a big reveal at the end. And it's it's delightful in that golden age way. Um, right. But these are just <laughs> the weirdest stories uh, I've ever read. And it's it's a lot of fun. That does sound good. How long has that been out? I feel like I've seen that title somewhere. I think they come out every other month, and the second issue just came out. Also, this is really new still. Yeah, I thought it was like yeah. a graphic novel or something. This is like a monthly series. It is, yeah. Maybe just look for it, yeah. to the comic store. Now that my pull list is getting a little bit smaller since I <laughs> weeded it out a little bit. <laughs> I know my last pickup, I was like, holy crap. I about fell on the floor when I saw mine. I guess that all really mine? He goes, well, it was all in your folder. <laughs> All right. No, that's, that's not really truck. an answer. <laughs> yeah, really. 
All righty. Well, that sounds very cool. Uh, the one I brought this week is by Dirk Manning and a bunch of his friends. I, for uh, people who don't know Dirk Manning, he's an artist. It was up in Toledo, right? Uh, that or Michigan. I'm not sure which. He's up around up there the Michigan in the north. Area. Have you ever heard of uh, uh, Dirk Manning, Jesse? His name sounds familiar, but I can't place it. He's the uh, guy who wears the, he wears a top hat, yep. like the little round, like John Lennon glasses, and he has like a scarf around his uh, mouth area, so he's all hidden off. He's got like a whole uh, image that he puts on when he goes out. It's really neat. But uh, what he specializes in is like writing uh, horror and nightmare stuff. And this book here is volume one of I believe it was four volumes, Thirteen Tales of Terror by Dirk Manning and friends. And it's, uh, like the cover says, 13 Tales of Terror. Some of them are just out of the out of this world disturbing. Like, you read them, you're like, oh, my God. Um, and I don't mean disturbing in a bad way. It's very, very entertaining. I don't want to ruin much about what's in this book. Um, one of them, though, that comes to mind by Dirk Manning and Austin McKinley is uh, called Life in a Glass House. And it's like uh, uh, these humans have resettled on another planet. And this guy wakes up outside of the dome that all the humans live in in his spacesuit. And it's as simple as, oh, I got drunk last night and uh, found my way out of the dome. He passed out outside the dome. Okay, so he wakes up outside the dome, all hungover, and he's like, I've got to get back inside. I've only got a minute of oxygen left in my suit. If I don't get back, I'm going to die. So he gets back. He starts buzzing on the door. Uh... Let me in, hurry, I've only got a minute to live And it's his buddy on the other end And his buddy decides I'm not going to let you in For something fucked up he had done I'm not going to let that up either Because I'm <laughs> Leave that to the reader to discover But um, yeah, he leaves him out there to his death And that was just kind of I don't know, unsettling for me Just being in that scenario Knowing that within a minute You're going to die <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like Arnold Schwarzer outside of the Mars Dome. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> tongue and eyes exploding out of his mouth. They didn't go into that detail with his death, but um, just one example of one of the 13 Tales of Terror in Nightmare World Volume 1, so I strongly recommend getting it. Uh, I think we're going to try to get Dirk Manning on the show here within the next month to talk more about the series. Sweet. But that's all I got on that one. I... Sounds cool was catching up on Miss Marvel, the new Miss Marvel series. Oh, yeah. That one that just came out, what was it, earlier this year? It was a total rewrite of the character. It was about, she's, uh, about uh, three or four months after we started doing the show, I think, wasn't it, or something like that? Uh, that's when they were talking about it. It came out this year. It was like okay. maybe February or somewhere around there. But, uh, yeah, she's a 16-year-old Muslim girl in New Jersey. Wow. And it wasn't that she's a 16-year-old girl that sparked my interest. <laughs> <laughs> a 16-year-old girl hero. This I gotta read. <laughs> but uh, the first couple issues just goes with her daily, daily kid life in school. She's kind of like the... Her parents live in the Muslim family in the American world. You just kind of see how different the, the life is. Right. Which is... Kind of made you feel for it. It was real different seeing that kind of the side of someone's life but then she all of a sudden one day um a mist comes and she ends up finding out she's got superpowers wow. turns out the mist is the same mist that gives all the inhumans their powers oh really nice Which, I was wondering about that and ended up that's what it's from but she's got kind of a uh like mr fantastic she can stretch she can really? grow real big shrink real small 
but it's it was pretty neat. I started to lose interest after like issue three, and then it left on a huge cliffhanger, so I had to get the next one, and then it, it started getting better. As they always do. Uh, yeah. They always reel you back in, don't they? <laughs> yeah. The, a friend of hers that worked at the local convenience store, the Circle Q, was getting robbed. <laughs> and she changed to Miss Marvel, stopped the robber, got shot in the process, found out later on that the robber was the kid at the store's brother and he was needing money for something he was in some kind of mess that he needed money she ended up finding out that he was kidnapped there's some guy named the inventor is holding these kids hostages hmm. and she ends up searching in the sewers for this kid and runs into wolverine what yeah it was, <laughs> was kind of cool as one does uh, yeah <laughs> and it's well, where else are you gonna run into him of course it was in the sewer it's the recent wolverine where he has no powers anymore he doesn't have his healing oh so it was kind of uh, weird because she's kind of looking at him as a mentor into the superhero business and he's looking at her like don't hurt me yeah she he's actually <laughs> looking for some girl that disappeared from the gene gray school hmm so yeah, that's pretty much where it left off, but it was pretty good. You think you're going to continue with it? Yeah, I think so. Well, until Wolverine dies, but <laughs> then to hell with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad I kept. Is there any it. connection to the? Good. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that was it. Oh, is is there any connection to the uh, old Miss Marvel, or is it just a completely new thing with the same name? No, it's a it's a totally new thing. She's still got the same lightning bolt symbol on her shirt, just because she always wore that as a kid because she liked Miss Marvel. Right. But well, yeah, the outfit and the name were about the only uh, thing that yeah came over from the old one. Like the first cool. when she first changed her hair turned blonde, it, she looked kind of like the old Miss Marvel. So everyone's like, look, it's Miss Marvel. But then she's really just gets her own suit and a mask, but still has the the symbol on her chest. Why have to borrow some of them from you? Yeah. Yeah, I decided I was going to dip out on the uh, Silver Surfer story that's happening right now. Just not that it's bad, but it's, I mean, it's not really keeping me roped in. Mm. But those first three issues were phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) Not to talk bad about it. All right. Anything else? No, I like comics. (laughs) Very well said, Jack. (laughs) How'd you sneak in here? Oh, what about you, Justin? Anything else? Uh, no, I'm good. All right, that'll do it for Comic Talk. And with that, let's just go into our stories. Uh, the only thing I guess we really have left for the story section would be the uh, all the new changes in the Marvel Coming Universe. Up. Yep. Yes, yeah, so uh, Captain America, Thor, Winter Soldier, and who else? Iron Man? Yep, Iron some, Man. Some uh, changes coming their way in their universe. Captain America lost his powers during a fight with the Iron Nail, which I had never even heard of this character He's before. He's pretty, pretty grisly looking. Yeah, he oh. was. Very. Sam Wilson, Falcon, will be the new Captain America this fall. Uh, yeah, issue number one being done by Rick uh, Remender and Stuart Imonen. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing these names. It's the same guys that are doing the Captain America series right now, I think. Is it? I think um, so. Yeah, I think Remender's been on it for a while. Is Eminem new? I have no idea. I'm not an avid follower of the Captain America book. I just kind of dip in whenever something interesting happens and see what's mm-hmm. going on. It's going to be titled the, well, not the, but all-new Captain America. Kind of like the all-new X-Men. Sure. Hmm. 
Alrighty. And new cap's gonna be flying. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, well, yeah, it's yeah. Falcon. Yeah. Huh. I wonder if they'll do the, like the red, white, and blue with his no, uh, wings no. or something. Oh, God. <laughs> just keep him red wings. So he's gonna have Marching, wings Marching. and be yeah. Captain America. Yep, he'll carry the shield and use the wings. Interesting. Okay. Aren't you patriotic there, Jack? And red, white, and blue wings. <laughs> Steve Rogers is going to be the Bruce Wayne to the Batman Beyond. He's still going to be in the books. Yeah, he was looking pretty decrepit. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw it. <laughs> He'll get his powers back sometime, I'm sure. It always comes back. Also, the superior Iron Man. Nothing to do with Doc Ock. <laughs> Thank goodness. The series is going to come up after the Avengers and X-Men Axis event that comes out this fall. Okay. Um, story goes by incorporating the extremist program into a mass product or mass produced app. Stark hopes to fear, hopes to free the population of their negative tendencies and even avoid death. But playing God isn't very heroic by any superhero standard, oftentimes emitting cockiness, thus the superior stag or superior tag. Huh? Uh, are you, are you, you're meaning we're going to see a Tony Stark who thinks he's superior? Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't like his new suit. Oh, there's a new suit. Yeah, he's got a whole new suit. It looks. I like the black and gold one that he's wearing, the extremist suit that he wears. Yeah, that this was a new one's kind of blue. The new one's white. all white, kind of. Yeah. Or silver. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's all white or silver, something like that. It's and it's kind of bubbly looking, I guess, kind of Mega Manny. Really? Yeah, I don't like it at all. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of the old uh, early 90s vision when he wasn't red and green anymore. Yeah, that doesn't sound appealing at all. <laughs> what were they thinking? And also the new Thor. Yes, that's another big one that's getting a lot of attention. going to be a woman. It's going to be a woman for the first time ever. I guess her identity is being kept secret, too. Uh, I was reading today that by the time that Thor number one comes out, you'll know who she is. Right. But, but yeah, like now, then. like uh, even the people in the universe, like uh, Odin and all those people, they don't even know. Yeah, Loki and then they have no idea. Oh. Well, he, they just found out they had a sister, well, Loki and Thor. Right. What her story's going to be. Well, she's going to be part of the new Avengers, Angela. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the new Avengers series is going to be coming out this fall, which is going to be the all-new Cap, the new Thor, Superior Iron Man, Medusa, and Inferno from the Inhuman series, Deathlock, Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange, Winter Soldier, and Ant-Man. So we'll Deathlock? New crew. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you hear what they're doing with the Winter Soldier? You mentioned him. Mm-mm. Um, you know, have you been reading Original Sin at all, Jesse? I haven't, but feel free to ruin anything you like. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened is the Watcher on the moon was killed and his eyes were taken. And his eyes hold all these secrets to uh, the universe and all the secrets of the Marvel heroes. Anyway, I'm not going to give too much of that story away other than a lot of it's spent in space and in other dimensions. And... As a spinoff from Original Sin, Bucky Barnes is going to be set into space, like uh, doing missions around the galaxy. He's not going to be on Earth. He's going to be <laughs> traveling the galaxy doing stuff. So not a big change on the character, just on mm. uh, what he's used to doing. So, but I hope he doesn't meet up with the Guardians. 
They don't need any more people. They got Captain Marvel and, and Venom. Venom right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that series. That's a good series. I like it so far. Well, we'll see. That's supposed to be out this October. Uh, a lot It'll of be Planet Winter swallow. Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> They'll make Planet Win- Planet Winter Soldier. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> Just a lot of lot of different lot of changes to swallow all at the same time here. Yeah, but we'll have to get over it, I suppose. Changing with the times, I guess. <laughs> what do you uh, avidly read, Jesse? Oh man, uh, you know my favorite book these days is uh, is probably Atomic Robo. I've never heard of that. Mm-mm. No Atomic Robo. Oh wow, it's. Uh, put out by red five it's uh by uh brian clevenger and uh scott wagner it's uh, nikola tesla invented a a robot basically um so it's uh, a series of mini series with uh, atomic robo in uh just different time periods uh so he's been in world war ii uh he's been in the future uh right now he's in the old west um trying desperately not to change history because he is in a time before he was actually built um, that would just ruin stuff if he does. Yeah, if he <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it's real science based. Um, they 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 take a lot of uh, pride in basing that around, you know, at least real theoretical physics and ideas and things like that. But uh, every issue is just uh, just full of action and uh, it's real lighthearted and fun. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good. And you said that Nikolai Tesla was the creator of the robot? Yes. Holy cow, that would be awesome. What's this called again? I gotta write this down. <laughs> it's called Atomic Robo. Uh, I think it's uh, up to volume nine now. Um, but each uh, each miniseries is a standalone, so you can read them in whatever order you like. That sounds really good. I am definitely going to follow up on that one. All right, let's jump into our real world heroes. Jack, who do we have this week? This week is Lauren Kornack. This happened a couple years ago. Uh, She happened to find her father one day pinned beneath a car in a garage, and he was unresponsive. So she ended up getting her superpowers to to (sighs) set in, and she was able to lift the car and pull him out from underneath the car. Incredible! And then resuscitated him, giving CPR, and get his heart beating again. Wow. wow. After being under a car. Wow. Yeah. 22-year-old girl. Uh, there was a video that I saw of her, and she was just average build. Nothing big about her at all. I thought you were just going to say they filmed it, and I was like, well, that seems kind of fishy. <laughs> Get the video camera. Dad's almost dead. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I've heard stories like this before. Um, I heard a very similar story years and years and years ago, except a, it was like a, a four or five-year-old kid. But, uh, you know, who knows if that was true or not. But I've, I've heard other stories of people in situations like that where adrenaline just kicks yeah. in and they're just capable of doing things they could never do before. You know, like you said, lifting things they could never lift, running like ten times faster than they've been able to run before. It's incredible. Luckily enough, her dad only suffered some uh, broken ribs, uh, numbness, and fractures. Oh, my but God. Nothing permanent. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. I can't imagine what would go through your mind when that car came down on you. Like, well, that's it. And then here's your daughter lifting a car off you. My, that's amazing. My dad was telling me a story when he was young. He was changing the tires on his car, and he was in the driveway and had it up on the jack. And... Uh, 
most driveways are at a slant. Well, he didn't have the parking brake on, and he was sitting in front of the car, and the car started rolling backwards. So <laughs> instead Ooh. of, I don't know, trying to just drop the jack, maybe, I don't know, he grabbed the bumper of the car and <laughs> tried keeping it from rolling. Hi, Dad. He's a, he's listening, so he'll get a chuckle out of this one. Oh, it's like, it's like the, uh, the guy you see driving down the road, like, with a mattress tied to the top of his car, holding it with one hand. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> his intentions are good, but... <laughs> wow. But yeah, just because of her strength, we get, went ahead and decided to put her on our wall of justice. On in the hall of heroes. <laughs> so congratulations. Now, let's move into our review for the week. We are going to be talking with Jesse Dubin about Uncanny Adventures, Science versus Mad Science by Eighth Wonder Press. Thanks again for being on the show with us today, Jesse. Yeah. It's, it's awesome to have you on. Absolutely. It's so great to be here. What can you tell us about uh, Uncanny Adventures? Well, Uncanny Adventures is our uh, our second anthology. Uh, we put together 18 stories, uh, everything with a, a science theme, uh, well, or a, a mad science theme. We actually split the book up into two. Um, but that said, there's a, a lot of... Uh, Room within that uh, within that genre, so we got a, a a little bit of everything. We have a bunch of uh, uh, stories about the modern Prometheus, which is uh, Frankenstein stories. Um, we have some Jekyll and Hyde stories. We have a really cool one that's uh, sort of like a, a old vintage Looney Tunes cartoon about a guy kidnapping animals to make you know, bioengineered friends. Um, <laughs> um, we have a really cool piece that's uh, pretty well researched by a great guy named Mr. V uh, called, uh, it's called Wild Kingdom about feral children and uh, yes. sort of separating the, the myth from the reality of, you know, what happens if kids aren't raised with any adult supervision for a while. Um, so it's a little bit of everything and uh, we're really proud of it. As you should be. It was a good read. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned Wild Kingdom. That's one that really sticks out in my mind. I mean, because not only are you entertained, you're educated. And um, you you learn some very sad truths about the world. And uh, I don't know how to say it without giving too much away. <laughs> Just the difference. No, that's, that's a good point. Although... Yeah, there's there's obviously some some bad stuff out there that it reveals. Um, you know, it's not all as glamorous as Tarzan, but I think it ends on a happy note or at least a positive note. Um, uh, you know, oh, sort of sure. pulls it out. Just some of the examples that were given in the strip, and uh, uh, see, I'm, I'm wanting to ruin it. I'm wanting to sit here. And, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to shut up about Wild Kingdom. Just check out Wild Kingdom when you get this book. So how did you choose the uh, creators to be a part of this project? There's 28 different creators, right? There are, yeah. Um, well, uh, we pretty much sent up a, an open call for submissions. So uh, around November of last year, we started uh, taking pitches from, you know, just about anybody. Uh, so we have creators from around the world in here. We have folks from uh, England and uh, several uh, Canadians, uh, a few Australians. So there's a, a lot of representation in here. Um, everybody sent in a pitch. They said, you know, 
this is the story I want to tell. This is how it relates to science or mad science in some way. And we gave everybody a lot of leeway, you know, as long as they saw a connection and, uh, you know, we were certainly happy with it. And uh, yeah, just tried to call uh, the best pieces um, from all the entries we got. Now, you also mentioned in the book that you had some artists from Image, Marvel, and where else? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, I think there's some representation from Archaea in there. Uh, 215 Inc., I believe. Um, I know we have some Greyhaven guys. Um, so, yeah, a lot of folks, this is not their first work. Um, and we all wrapped it up. Uh, we wrapped it all up, rather, in a cover by Ryan Dunlavey, who um, does comic book comics um, with, um, I think it's uh, Fred Van Lente. Uh, he does... Uh, Action Philosophers, uh, and he did a great uh, Marvel book around the time of Dark Rain called Modoc Rain Delay. Uh, so we got him on board for something. We, you know, we like to go sort of Silver Agey as spot when we can with these covers, just because that's the kind of the feel we're trying to evoke. Um, right. So hopefully you can post a picture of the cover in in your show notes, maybe. But it's a oh definitely. A, Viking snowman with a ray gun riding a turtle through a dimensional portal. And uh, <laughs> I, I hope you guys like it. I I love it to death. <laughs> I definitely love yeah. it. It was one of those things you sit there and you just stare at for a while to take in every aspect. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot like going in uh, going on in there. Ryan's a really amazing artist. Yeah, I'd say. I, oh, I wish I could draw so bad. Oh, yeah, seriously. Same here. I guess I could start to learn, but... Uh, Who's got the time, right? <laughs> I love how it's separated to the two different categories, the science versus mad science, because yeah. it's such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. The first half you're reading, and it's all just regular, like, was it nonfiction, it's science-based like, yeah, like, stuff? Uh, kind like of like real-based science yeah, stories. Yeah, real bit, yeah. And then you get to the other one where it's all, like you said, jo- Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and Frankenstein. Yeah, kind of out there uh, science, yep. like uh, fictional science. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm glad you noticed that. That's where the, uh, you know, the dimensional portals to other worlds start to show up and right. uh, the right. weird uh, World War II myths and, you know, sort of the, the quasi-horror stories. Um, Hound of Mons, yeah. yes. That was probably my favorite on the mad science side. I liked that a lot, and the art is really unique, too. Everything's textured yeah. and nice and dark, but uh, even in black and white it still comes out really well very well yes how much can i say about that story if anything please say more <laughs> <laughs> well uh the hound of mons is pretty much the brain of a german soldier who had been wounded in battle was put in a big vicious wolf and the point of putting that brain in the wolf was to hunt down the english right yep and uh, that his mind was set only for those people. So it became a, like an urban legend that there was this wolf really wandering around. Oh, it was just really cool. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, that's uh, that was written by Paul Bradford, and uh, Alan Burns did the artwork. And um, believe it or not, that's a real urban legend. Um, really? It, it is. And, you know, it really is just an urban legend. Um but I, I had to know if this, you know, came from someplace. So, you know, sure enough, I Googled Hound of Mons and, you know, this is a real idea that's out there. Holy hmm. cow, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this book, how long did it take to put together? How long had you been taking entries? Uh, 
We phased everything in steps of about two months. So we had an open submissions process of about, uh, I think it was, uh, geez, must have been October, November. Um, we gave folks two months to get in the, uh, um, the full script so that we would know what was gonna happen um, in full detail and could make any changes. And then had two more months to, uh, to get in finished artwork. So from beginning to end, it was about a six month process. So um, yeah, lots of, you know, room to work. So when folks sent in submissions, they didn't have to have a complete story. You know, we will work with you and, uh, you know, see it through the whole process. Now, you had also mentioned earlier that you were, uh, you had been to some cons. Now, were you there just visiting or is this a project that people can find in local cons or? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, debuted the new book. Um, this is actually our second book. We uh, Our first one, uh, just plain Uncanny Adventures, um, debuted last year, and we uh, we kicked them both off at Denver Comic-Con since that's where we're located. Um, we will be at uh, Salt Lake Comic-Con uh, in early September. I think it's the 6th through the 8th, and uh, always looking for new shows. Hopefully we'll be in, uh, we'll get a chance to make it to Seattle, uh, maybe Dallas next year, and yeah, just get around and meet folks and show them what we're working on. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, when you get those dates, you have to let us know. We can put them up on the website, too. Yeah, definitely. Where can people get this book? Um, we are in comic shops uh, here and there. We haven't been out in previews yet, um, but uh, Amazon is the best place to go. Just uh, look up Uncanny Adventures, and uh, we're, we're right there. You'll, uh, you'll see us with the Ethan Nicole Triberoclops or uh, Ryan Dunleavy's uh, Snowman on a Turtle. <laughs> I love that art. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we're also going to have it on our website where you can uh, go to our uh, section. How, how is that set up again, Jack? There's a whole section where you can buy books that we've reviewed and talked about and stuff, right? Oh, yeah, cool. well, I'll get the... you guys a links, uh, link to the uh, to the places where you can pick them up. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, we'll make sure people have a clear path right to the yep. book. Right. <clears throat> Very cool. Well, Jesse, we want to thank you once again for being on the show with us today. This has been great. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I think that's really going to do us for the day. That's it for this week. Uh, I feel like there was something else we had to say. What about that Kickstarter that reached out to us today? Sorry, Jesse. You get no, no. The behind hey, while, you're, while you're looking that up, um, I, I listened to your podcast the other day where you were talking about the, the Jack 1979 Kickstarter. Yeah. Yes. Um, you guys sounded really, really into that. Um, the guy who did the art on that story, uh, David Sidall, has a uh, short four-pager in our first book. You're you know, really? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's called Shred. It's a lot of fun. I'll have to look at it. now. Is that that book's also on the uh, website, right, or on Amazon? It is. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, Davey's such a great guy, and his artwork is so good. Um, yeah, I was thrilled to see you guys talking about him the other day. He, he actually sent me a, a copy of the uh, of the story as well, and the the story itself was, you know really a jack the ripper story but once i saw where they were going with it it's like oh this yeah. makes complete sense this is great right yeah. <laughs> like the uh the the unsung hero or whatever however you'd say that <laughs> so hopefully they'll get a second chance uh we got a tweet about a kickstarter project today called mad world the graphic novel by pat silver and rick brink um they're looking for five thousand dollars to get their book funded they got eight more days to go so by the time this airs it'll probably around four or five days mm -hmm. and they're at 790 dollars but uh it looks pretty good the artwork's not too bad it's actually pretty nice artwork yeah we wanted to have them on the show but like jack said with the uh 
Kickstarter being over in 10 days, it <laughs> definitely wouldn't uh, do them any good. But we wish them the best of luck, and also we'll have that on the website. Yeah, so Mad World, the graphic novel on Kickstarter. Check it out. Uh, don't forget to go to www.candare.com to check uh, you know, stories we talked about today, to follow up on uh, 8th Wonder Press's release, Uncanny Adventures, Science vs. Mad Science. It's a great read. You will not be disappointed. Uh, what else we got on the website, Jack? Oh, show recaps, trailers and videos, the game store, comic store, movie store, uh, some pictures, and our apps. Oh, I forgot about our apps. <laughs> the Android app for Amazon, through Amazon, and the uh, iOS app through iTunes. Yes. And that'll do it for this week. I am Jeremy Colley. Jack Doherty. Jesse Dubin. And we'll talk to you folks later. See you next week. Bye-bye. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.